For John Oakley, I'm Arlene Bonin. You know, we've been talking power here. From the time I turned that microphone on, we had the power of the judges ruling, and we had the premier weighing in. We got into Serena Williams, and we're going to continue with it, NAFTA. And we have some breaking news that, well, I mean, we're used to this. It's back and forth and back and forth. There is no deal yet. However, Christy Freeland was in Toronto at the Women in the World Summit, where the Prime Minister was was being interviewed, was part of that. And she's heading back to Washington tomorrow. The NAFTA negotiations are going to resume. We have all been on thin ice watching this. And especially after the weekend, the President of the United States saying it had the power to economically destroy Canada. It's not something we're used to hearing all the time. And we'll continue today on a Monday full of power. We're going to find out more about what may be going on behind the scenes. Joining me is Matthew Rooney. He's the director of Economic Growth for the George W. Bush Presidential Center. Matthew Rooney, thank you for being here. Thank you, Arlie. It's a pleasure to be with you. I appreciate your interest. All right. What do you know? We're all biting our nails here in Canada. There's two things happening. One, we're wondering whether or not we're going to get an NAFTA agreement. And number two, we're wondering why the President of the United States seems to hate us so much. What What do you know about that? (laughs) <laughs> well, I think we're all wondering if there's going to be a NAFTA agreement as well. Um, it's been a perplexing process, candidly, since the president announced uh, over a year ago that he wanted to renegotiate uh, and laid out a set of negotiating objectives, which were in some cases in conflict with his delegation of authority from the Congress. So it's not clear how that is all going to play out. Um, we, we look at this on the background of the work that the Bush uh, Institute has done over the last couple of years looking at NAFTA and its impacts on the global competitiveness of the United States and Canada and Mexico. Uh, we find a positive story of, a, of an economic integration process that has made all three countries more prosperous and actually more competitive and more able to uh, trade with the rest of the globe. So it's a it's a perplexing tableau from, uh, from where we sit here in Texas. Uh, it's hard to identify the U.S. interest that's being uh, advanced by the approach that the president's taking. All right, Matthew Rooney, when we use the word partisan, it is a very powerful word these days. But there you are working with the George W. Bush Presidential Center, saying that you find that NAFTA and all the positive connections there and how it is working for the economy of the United States. Is this personal? As as we talk, we know there was reporting in Bob Woodward's book, Fear, that some of the aides of the president actually took away a draft to just blow NAFTA up here in Canada. Matthew, you know what we thought? We thought he just says stuff and he really doesn't mean it. And now we have reporting that somebody stole the paper. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't uh, wouldn't assume that he doesn't mean it. Um, You know, myself, I sit here in North Texas. uh, I don't know how familiar your viewers are with the geography of of this part of the United States, but Mm -hmm. this is the most successful regional economy in the United States. Among the U.S. states, one of the undisputed winners from the NAFTA process. So the whole thing strikes us as as uh, as perplexing. Um, myself, I always go back to President Trump's inaugural address. Uh, if you listen to that speech or read that speech, you'll see in there about two thirds of the way down. There's a moment where he says, "Protection will bring great prosperity and strength." Now, 
I'm not a PhD economist, but I think that that's not a true statement. Uh, I think there's no factual basis to suppose that protection brings prosperity and strength, but he seems to actually believe it. And so I don't think that he has any particular animus toward, toward Canada or anybody else. I think he simply believes um, that things should be produced, produced in the United States. He doesn't, he doesn't uh, accept that uh, value chains that go across borders are a reasonable way to structure manufacturing and compete. And so that is a, uh, it's that a is an intellectual disagreement uh, that we're just going to have to let see play out. Yeah, and it's a, it's a deviation from what it used to mean to being a conservative. You know, we just had a, a anonymous op-ed that the world is trying to solve who wrote in, in that op-ed. It was, you know, that Republicans used to stand for free minds free trade and free people is this again i mean is this a change in the meaning of conservatism and you think it's going to hang around or is this just one man one time so I don't think it's a change in conservative. It's useful to remember that before Republicans stood for free trade, that is until the 1950s, the Republican Party was referred to as the party of the tariff. And, and the reason for that was before the 1950s, the Republicans' power base uh, was in the industrialized Northeast and upper Midwest, uh, where industrial, the industrial interests in those parts of the country tended to argue for protection. Uh, the Democrats were free traders not because they were philosophical free traders necessarily, but because their power base was in the southeast where the agricultural producers wanted open markets so they could sell their products all over the world. So um, in, the, in the intervening period, the two parties basically swapped constituencies, and so the Republicans became free traders. And what we're looking at here, in my opinion, is the, um, the, the, the kind of coalescing or congealing, maybe is a better term, of a political constituency, again, in that upper Midwest area that, that has traditionally preferred higher levels of protection and which today finds itself on the short end of the stick with respect to globalization and, and market opening and is, is making an even, an even more forceful case for protection. And they have gotten the ear of the Republican Party. So I think it's really more a matter of constituencies that have been in place in the United States forever, uh, will probably be in, in, United, in place in the United States forever. Uh, and so that the key has always been how leaders build their coalitions around their ideas. And I think we're, we're faced with a leader who's chosen to build his coalition in this way. I don't think it'll prove to be a sustainable way to, to, to build a coalition. And what will change it, Matthew? You know, we're all ears up here in Canada. This is not sustainable, but we could not have a NAFTA deal. Uh, I, I think that would be a, a dramatic and disastrous step. I think it's, it, it, what, it, what it's going to take, frankly, is a couple of election mm-hmm. cycles. We have, uh, we have our congressional elections coming up in November, uh, and then we have presidential elections again in 2020. So a lot will become clearer uh, as, those, as those cycles take place. You know, the, the momentum was with uh, those constituencies that have felt disadvantaged by trade, they had the momentum in 2016. Others stayed home. You know, I, there's a great statistic out there. Uh, Hillary Clinton won um, uh, 35% of the counties, the local districts in the United States. Donald Trump won the other 65%. But the 35% that Hillary Clinton won produced almost 70% of the country's GDP, and the 65% that, that, that Donald Trump won produced only about 35% of GDP. So you, you had 
large numbers of people who are feeling good, they feel comfortable with the global economy, and for whatever reason, they didn't feel called upon to go out and vote in 2016. So I think... Uh, they may head out there in the midterms here. They, they, if they have out there in the midterms, we'll have, we'll have a result that, you know, that may call uh, the administration to heal. Matthew Rooney, great to have you. Thank you kindly. You have fun there in Texas. We appreciate your time. My pleasure. Thanks for your interest. Cheers. Matthew Rooney, Director of Economic Growth for the George W. Bush Presidential Center. I don't know how you feel there. You think we're going to get a NAFTA deal? I think he basically said, I don't know if you're going to get a NAFTA deal. But if you don't, and things go really rotten in the midterms, you could have somebody else pretty darn fast. That is my takeaway.